it would be of a good father to yeah. say, I don't want to soothe you fully right now because there's this aspect of your life that you're giving heavenly attributes that isn't heavenly mm. because I don't want you to get soothed by these temporal things. I want you to be soothed by eternal things. Friends, welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. I'm really glad that you're joining us today. My name is Aaron Richards. I'm here in the beautiful Damascus Media Studio with Brad Pieren. What's up, man? And Dan Demetri. Woo-woo! Party day! <laughs> we're we're blessed, to, uh, blessed to be able to spend this time with you. We don't do it often enough. I want to I wanna start off the show by thanking St. Gabriel Radio. They've been a, a tried and true supporter and partner mm-hmm. with Beyond Damascus. This studio is here because of St. Gabriel Radio. We love you guys. We're blessed by you. Thanks for carrying the show. Mm -hmm. And uh, our topic for conversation today is going to be sweet. Mm -hmm. Um, What is it? it? Tell us. I I will. I will. It's it's Lent. Yes! (laughs) Here we are. Yeah. Uh, Sorry about that. Um, (laughs) You know, like uh, we we share frequently here, we we work on this campus— if you look out the window on this beautiful wintry day, uh, we, we we live and work at, at Damascus campus, a, a campus in Centerburg, Ohio, where we're working to awaken, empower, and equip a generation to live the adventure of the Catholic faith. Mm-hmm. And uh, as as we go through the process of of retreats and conferences and ministering to young people, um, our our work is to connect this place of encounter with with mission. And um, as we were discussing in the in the past weeks in preparation for today's show. Uh, we were we were beginning to um, think about this this topic of Lent. It's uh, even you know Gabe mentioned before the show today as in as we were as we were preparing that Lent has sort of become like uh, just a, a hallmark holiday almost <laughs> in, the, in the Catholic culture. And and our hope today is to be able to dive into what is the what is the the meaning, the purpose, and the promise of this season for each of our listeners. And and I think that we've had opportunity here at Damascus really to dive into this intentionally with our with our missionaries and with our staff over the past few years. Mm-hmm. So our hope is that we'll be able to share some of those fruits with our listeners today. Yeah. Amen. Uh, Dan, you want to kick us off in prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we are so grateful for the many seasons you give us in our life, the seasons mm-hmm. to press in and love you more. Lord, we pray that you would just um, open our minds and our hearts right now. Um, I get a just a feeling that um, the Lord's just saying right now that there are people who um, have already kind of checked out. You're like, oh, I've heard talks about Lent before. I'm mm. going to move on. And the Lord says, I have something new for you today. Mm-hmm. So Lord, I pray that you would bless the three of us on this show with new insights uh, from you and that you would bless our listeners with new insights on Lent, Lord, that, mm-hmm. that we may fall deeper in love with you and grow in greater expectation for what you want to do in our lives during this season. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Uh, you know, it, it, by by means of introduction, too, I, I wanted to maybe kick off today... Um, we we don't do this often enough either, but we've got a number of of people who who check out the show on mm-hmm. a on a pretty frequent basis whose lives are actually being changed. So Dan, as you mentioned, like now is not the time to check out as we present a topic like this. 
Um, I thought maybe it'd be cool to honor some of the people who who are actually being impacted by the show. Mm-hmm. Here's an invitation to you if you're listening and your life has been changed or touched by mm-hmm. the work of this podcast, share it with us. It's mm-hmm. re- number one, it's really encouraging to us. Number two, it's really encouraging to others. So uh, we usually tell you at the end of the show, but um, if Beyond Damascus has has touched your heart, mm-hmm. uh, like and subscribe to to this podcast. Why? Because that keeps it in your inbox mm-hmm. so that in your daily routine, you'll be reminded when new content's released, and then you can share and uh, and, and witness and share testimony to other people so that their lives can be moved. Mm-hmm. Um, we had our we had our buddy Mary Bielski on uh, a couple couple weeks back. Um, check out check out the show on the on the archives if you're interested. But uh, this testimony from um, a woman named Liz indicated she was in her car when this show aired on our amazing radio partner, 820 St. Gabriel Radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said that Mary said something that had me thinking. I, I, I knew it, Lord, you can't be trusted. But then it came time to pray at the end of the episode, and you recommended, I forget who recommended, pulling the car over. That was probably Dan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I so, always recommend that. Safe, safety first, <laughs> friends. Me and safety. She said, you may not even remember, but one of you said that you sensed there was a woman somewhere who needed to be reassured of God's love to have the lie cast out that says God only brings comfort when he's about to hit us with desolation. Mm -hmm. And um, she said, that was me. That was one I was living with for a long time. And, um, and I was, uh, she said, she shared with a member of our staff and then was really blessed to, to affirm the value of that gift of prophecy and how it, how it spoke to her life. So, uh, yeah, praise the Lord. Blessed by that. Thank you, Liz. We're praying for you and thank Mm -hmm. you for responding and sharing your experience with us. And uh, continue to go after it, lady. If you if you hear the Lord speaking, um, deliver that word. Yeah, I got a great uh, testimony over the weekend. Someone was sharing they were listening to this podcast at the end when we were praying. We just had a word that the Lord was, uh, there was someone alone in their bedroom and the Lord was going to uh, bless them or whatever the word was. But the Holy Spirit, as soon as he was in his bedroom, mm-hmm. as soon as that word was proclaimed, the Holy Spirit came upon him in his bedroom and he just felt the presence of God fall mm-hmm. on him. He's like, I was filled with this fire and he fell down and started resting in the spirit. So it is possible if you're listening to the podcast, you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit over the radio waves, over a podcast. You don't need to go to like a special conference or a special (laughs) retreat. Guess what? The Holy Spirit works in all places, in all areas. And so if you're hungry for the more of God, Mm -hmm. I have an easy invitation for you. You simply have to say, Jesus, I want more. Mm -hmm. And the more you pray that prayer, guess what Jesus does? He gives you more because when you ask, you receive. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. 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 Yeah. I have uh, like just so many like brief testimonies. I think first, just the sheer number of people that come up to me as I travel and do like ministry events at college campuses and at different parishes that just come up and mention like, are you are you one of the ones that does Beyond Damascus? Like, is that related to you coming here from Damascus? Beard, and yeah, you're the you? guy with the beard, the like straggly one that doesn't. <laughs> the only one who can grow. That facial doesn't hair. connect. But um, no, no, I I love that. But one of the ones that stick out to me, and it was from a few months ago. But it, like, there's um, there was a woman, and I I want to say her name was Jane. I'm I'm trying to remember if it was Jane or Joan, but either way, um, she had called me from El Paso, Texas, and I had a phone call coming in from El Paso early in the morning. I was up early just doing some email work and things like that. And my phone started ringing. And from El Paso, I was like, maybe this is a potential missionary and they only have a certain pocket of time. And I was like, okay, I'll answer. So I answered it. And 
as I answer, this woman just begins sharing with me that Beyond Damascus has become just a staple in her prayer life, that she listens to Beyond Damascus on her car rides. She takes the topics that we talk about into her personal prayer. And then she started just sharing about her family and how her family has been coming back to the Lord as she's been talking about some of the topics we speak about here and how actually this podcast gives her the content to contend in ways she didn't feel like she could before with some of her family members that have fallen away. And she actually like was so in love with what God had been doing in her family that she knew that she was called to give back. And what's amazing is she was actually calling me to let me know that she had gone on our website, found a missionary named Gianna, which is the Italian version of her name, and just decided, you know what, I'm going to support this missionary at so many dollars so that that missionary can continue to do the work that you guys are doing at Damascus. And I was just like, as the like missionary program director, I'm just like taken back. Like, wow, actually, all of this is connected. Like, what God's doing this this encounter that He's bringing through our missionaries, He's yeah. also bringing through the sound waves that are coming forth from this that's podcast, awesome. and they're actually connecting to yield more fruit. So, anyway, that's that's, that's the one that always sticks out to me. And yeah, I think it's just amazing. Lord. I met a, a woman who's doing lay ministry in the Caribbean, uh, like one of these like Caribbean islands. And, um, <laughs> first of all, I'm like Jesus, here I am, Lord, send me. Um, <laughs> but she was like, Yeah, this is like I feel so isolated and alone there's not like spirit-filled catholics mm-hmm. doing ministry where i'm from and uh mm-hmm. she's like this this show gives me weekly encouragement so that i can mm-hmm. like minister in a spiritually desolate land and still like get charged up every week to go on and i yeah. was just i told my wife i was like babe i told you if you got if we got married like i would like we would do ministry in the caribbean together and we're doing it right <laughs> here we just, go just over podcast yeah yeah <laughs> oh man okay so uh Share your testimonies with us. Mm-hmm. We'll read them on the show mm-hmm. uh, until the point in which we get overwhelmed by testimonies. Yeah, um, it, it's a it's a great way to witness and to share mm-hmm. and to uh, you know leave it in the comments or or email us um, or if you manage to find Brad's cell phone on the yeah end, call, go ahead and call give, Brad's give cell phone. Find my phone number. <laughs> we'll post it. Uh, so we, we we kicked off the show asking about Lent um, trajectory for today, just so you can prepare your hearts. I, I I'd love to. You know, as as we as we close today's show in a little bit, um, we're gonna we're gonna kind of speak about the traditional forms or, or I guess traditional practices of Lent, which are prayer and fasting and almsgiving, and how mm-hmm. to maybe see those in a new context in a way that can mm-hmm. light our hearts on fire mm-hmm. instead of allowing us to just check off three more things. Yeah. So that's sort of where we're headed in the in the ultimate trajectory, but. Uh, I made the comment at the at the start of the show that Lent has, in a lot of ways, kind of become a hallmark holiday in the in the Catholic culture. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if if maybe we can just start on some reflection on on what is Lent, yeah, and why. Yeah, well, I I, I want to start just by speaking kind of to the fact that hopefully that this podcast, just by reflecting on Lent in a different way, can become a testimony, right? That like a lot of those testimonies we were just sharing yeah. were from people who came in with a certain vantage point, but as they started listening, went out with a different vantage point. And hopefully that can happen today. And that happened in my life for sure. So like, uh, it was about seven years ago when the Lord broke into my life in a really powerful way. Mm. And shortly after that, I was going into the Lenten season. And to our point, Lent is pretty, um, I would say like built up in like yeah. pop, Catholic culture. And so everyone was talking about Lent, like, what are you going to be doing for Lent? And I was like, I don't know if I've ever known what Lent even is. Like, Mm -hmm. I've always just kind of given up the same thing every year because it seems like, you know, the right thing to do. And then when someone asks me what I've given up, I actually have an answer. And, um, I don't know. I I felt like the Lord in that season really highlighted, and I know we'll talk about some of this a little bit later, but he was highlighting just, um, 
a place he wanted me to go in prayer with him during Lent. And he wasn't asking me like, um, to give up the same thing I'd been giving up. It was something a little different, but he was really speaking that I want you to come into prayer and just talk with me about what Lent is supposed to be. And as we just processed and like, I still don't know if I know how to pray, but I was showing up, right? And I was like doing the work of like getting in relationship with the Lord. And I felt like we came to this ultimate conclusion together that the Lord allowed me to be on this journey to explore that actually Lent, if you break it down, if you like boil all of Lent down to like a single question, the question is, is the Lord enough? Right. Mm. Like I felt like in prayer, we got down to the point where the Lord just looked at me and he said, Brad, my, my goal for every Lent and for the rest of your life is that you would be able to answer this question, am I enough? And it's been a huge reflection that I've gone back to since, but I think if we want to like reorient ourselves towards Lent, we really have to step back from all the things we've always done in it and go with the Lord and say, Lord, what is Lent supposed to be? And I think that that could be a good question of a foundation really for anyone, but like in Lent, can we answer the question, is the Lord enough? Yeah. Like if he looks at me and says, am I enough? How, yeah. how do I That's respond? so rich. I mean, because ultimately we, <clears throat> especially in the American culture, we end up worshiping false idols without mm-hmm. even knowing it, right? Like mm-hmm. in the sense of like, just we we find ourselves going to sources of comfort at the mm-hmm. end of the day to, to find our rest and our consolation as opposed to in the Lord. And mm-hmm. so it's like mm-hmm. those idols of um, having a, a glass of whiskey at the eve, at the end of the night or the, or turning on Netflix mm-hmm. or um, like doing like scrolling Instagram, yeah, whatever yeah. whatever our go to idol is for mm-hmm. consolation. Mm-hmm. If you strip yourself of that, yeah, at the end you're like, wait, I can't go to this idol for mm-hmm. comfort. Yeah. Am I going to go to you, Lord, for that? That's and, good. and that's it's it's funny because I think sometimes like when I when I fast, I I. I like I'm like man I can't believe I had such a desire for that thing mm-hmm. like it's just a, it's so silly like man I I really enjoyed like like I I enjoyed that that much you know it's like mm-hmm. it's easy for idols to just creep in yeah, yeah. Every, like almost every guy I walk with I give them this line and I think it's a it's gonna um, go right in a line in alignment with what you were just saying Dan that like if there's something in my life I can't say no to, there's going to come a time where I can't say yes to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like if there's like anything and now it, it could be an amazing good, but if there's anything in my life aside from the Lord that I, that I can't say no to, yeah. then eventually I'm not going to be able to give a yes to the Lord. Yeah. And so like Lent really does, it, it rewires us to, to focus on those areas where, man, I really struggle saying no, you know, like I have a 35 minute drive home every evening and I really struggle to say no to like stopping and getting a coffee or a sweet tea, or just when I'm getting gas, going in and getting a candy bar because I desire it that day. Like, what it, kind of candy bar do you get? Oh man, I really like. I venture out, but yeah. like, take five is a big <laughs> oh, deal to me. I love take five. Yeah. Take fives are awesome. Yeah, they're amazing. I'm, I'm probably Baby Ruth is my go-to. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. good. That's good. Mm-hmm. But or you can see a hundred grand. Yes, yeah, but you can't even think see of the though. last time that I bought a candy <laughs> yeah, bar. Yeah, thank oh, you. And that's why it's good to have all three of us on here because, like, <laughs> yeah, Aaron, Aaron at gas station buys like these weird like nuts. Like, you always get these like little bins of these nuts. I'm like, humans eat those. Yeah, that looks like squirrel food. Man, oh, go well, get yourself a candy bar. Yeah, I'm brother. glad you can't remember the David, last time. David's you did. laughing. He's been on so many trips with me. He knows. He knows. I was gonna say, I, I, I'm glad you food. can't remember the last time you did because I'm struggling to find the last time I didn't. No, I'm kidding. But um, no, I, I do think Lent brings us to that. It brings us to that um, realization that there are certain things in our life that we really struggle to say no to. Yeah, and uh, and we need to learn how to. Well, say no so to. let me let me toss this out. I was I was speaking about a topic, uh, a different topic, in a similar lens in formation with our missionaries this week. And uh, 
I think that Lent is attractive to us. Lent has become synonymous with our uh, with our church culture, right? Because it actually resonates with something deep inside mm-hmm. of us, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. In, in mm-hmm. Deep in the in the human heart, there is a need to uh, to realize, you know, this truth in us. And John Paul II said it beautifully mm-hmm. that that man can only come to know himself through a gift of himself, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That that our heart was meant to be given away, mm-hmm. and and that's how we come into relationship with community. That's how we come into relationship and intimacy with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it's important for us to to find ourselves in 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 cycles of of, of fasting and feasting, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That that we come to celebrate the good things um, by knowing that uh, by knowing that we are hungry, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and to, and to remind ourselves of that. So um, the reflection I was I was making with our missionaries was that there are there are sometimes things that are so deeply written in the human heart mm-hmm. that we actually see echoes of truth even in even in secular culture mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. uh the example we were using was like m- mental health and wholeness that isn't it like isn't it so interesting that it, it seems like our culture would would even say almost almost without a doubt that like wholeness and mental integrity and mm-hmm. emotional health mm-hmm. are like things that should be focused on yeah, yeah. right which is sweet because that's a fundamental message of the gospel. Yeah. Right. So there's something in us uh, as a, as a culture that, that, that pulls back to this. Mm -hmm. And I think even in a, in a secular culture and especially in a, in a Catholic culture um, there, there is something consistently that would suggest that there's that excess is not ideal. Yeah. Right. Right. That, um, you know, I, it's kind of, funny even that like this idea of intermittent fasting has become like a a, a new trend in dieting so that's stupid mm-hmm. I, i'm annoyed that, like, <laughs> that like, so, yeah. social... so the spiritual practice of fasting has now become a, a dietary trend but but it's good yeah, because, I'm because fasting it, it, it reveals and my body looks amazing <laughs> yeah. because of it. But, yeah. it but it does reveal that that there's some reality buried inside of us yeah that's uh, hungry for it. That, that's hungry. Yeah. That's hungry for this. I think it's so funny. I, I every mm-hmm. Ash Wednesday, you see this. The the human soul is actually starving for the season of Lent because yeah. Ash Wednesday isn't a holy day of obligation, but it's the church is more packed on mm-hmm. Ash Wednesday mm-hmm. than any holy day of yeah. obligation. Yeah. There's something about the person that even even those Catholics that maybe don't go to mass every single week or don't mm-hmm. go to mass on holy days yeah. of obligation, they're hungry for the season of Lent. Yeah. They're like, wow, this is. And I think there's something. Neat too about like this human desire to receive ashes right mm-hmm. like the there's something like that the we were made body and soul that yeah. people want that that incarnational that tangible yeah. sign of i walk with christ and mm-hmm. there's something like the church it's i i don't think it's um i don't think there's there's a real reason why the deca- like the decline of uh, catholicism in america mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. was the same time there was the decline of sacred art in the church right mm-hmm. like when we got rid of all the incarnational tangibles where like statues weren't as important, the smells and the bells, the mm-hmm, incense, mm-hmm, the bells, mm-hmm. they disappeared when the, the cassocks disappeared. And like we tried to strip mm-hmm. down the beauty of the church to right. become more relevant. Actually, no, the human soul desires the tangible, the incarnational. We were built for body and soul. So like as we see in the church, this resurrection mm-hmm. of um, truth, beauty, and goodness displayed in actual tangible things, mm-hmm. more people are coming back to the yeah. faith. Yeah, we were made to look different right? Like it's bringing up that idea to me that we all desire to be marked. 
we all desire to be marked in our lives. Like we yeah. don't want to just like blend in with a crowd. We want, we want to stand out as someone that's marked, someone that's different. And that comes by living these amazing truths of the faith. Mm-hmm. But the ashes, I, I really love that we're yeah. starting there because I, uh, well, I have a funny story that I want to then tie into kind of like a, a, a purpose. Do um, it. Do it. I was in college and I went to an Ash Wednesday service and you know how sometimes they have lay people that are distributing the ashes. Well, there was this particular <laughs> lay person who had gotten a I little nervous about remembering the words, right? Like, remember you are dust and unto dust you shall return. Like that, that like beautiful prayer that's prayed over us while we yep. receive the ashes. And this person, you could just tell was trying to remember the words as they went. <laughs> remember the and, words. And I was, I was like, I was, um, in the front row and I was waiting to go, uh, to get ashes. And on the other side, there was this lay person giving ashes to some people. And as this person started, and I, I'm not joking, and I'm also not making fun of them. I want to bring it back to a purpose, but they had forgotten what the right words were, which is remember you are dust and unto dust you shall return. And they, they would, they would put on ashes to the first like three people before they were corrected. They said, remember you are dirt and displeasing to God. (laughs) I was like, that's not a blessing. That's not a blessing. Um, and it was the reason that I, uh, I remember hearing it and I was just like, um, this is probably a time to step in. If there is a time to step in. The fourth graders are walking back yeah, to their yeah, pew yeah. weeping. Like, like, like they're contemplating, like maybe that's true. But I, uh, I think that like I, the reason I bring that up is like the, the, the mark of ashes, the mark of, of Lent, the mark of the desert. It's not supposed to tell us that yeah. we're displeasing to God. He's not like, you're so displeasing to me that I'm going to have you struggle some to find me. Like that doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. Like his goal is to remind us that from our nothingness, that dust, he breathed the breath of life into our nostrils, right? Like the remembrance of the dust is the remembrance of Genesis that I, I, I brought that dust up into clay. And from the clay, I breathed my breath onto it. Mm. And like, and if we can recall that, then, then we don't go away thinking that we're displeasing to God. Like we go away, like some of the people who I would say only attend Ash Wednesday, they go away thinking that that's a mark of the faith. It is a mark of the faith. It's not a mark of my like insufficiencies. It's a mark of the true reality that I'm living from, which is without the Lord, I am nothing, but with him, I am all that I could be. And not only all that I could be, I'm actually caught up in him. And so anyway, I I think that there's just something to that story that's always sat with me, first of all, because it's just hilarious. But then secondly, because it's, I I actually think that we believe sometimes that those are the words that the Lord's speaking, not remembering that we're dust and unto dust we shall return. Um, And I I just, I see it as a fundamental difference. So our our scriptural foundation uh, for the season of Lent, and there are many, right? Mm-hmm. But but so often we we lock ourselves into the the story of the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness, right? So I'll I'll, I'll kind of root us in Matthew chapter four today. Uh, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, and after fasting for forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. The tempter came to him and said, "If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread." Mm -hmm. And Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Mm -hmm. And then again, the devil takes Jesus to the city and asks him to stand on the temple. If you're the son of God, throw yourself down for it's written. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then Jesus answered, it's also written, do not put your Lord to the test, right? Mm -hmm. He takes him to the mountain and shows him the kingdoms. Mm -hmm. And Jesus answers, away from me, Satan. It's written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil left him and the angels came and attended to him. Mm Mm-hmm. This is sort of our foundation. I, I wondered maybe if we could root ourselves in in a conversation on on the purpose of the desert, right? Mm-hmm. The desert's kind of that symbol mm-hmm. that we attach to Lent. And and I wanna I wanna throw out 
because I think it it follows directly from the points that we've been suggesting, right? Mm-hmm. Why is it that we that we mark ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Why is it that those symbols are helpful? Why is mm-hmm. it that that we want to be identified or belong in some way? I think it's because it's an affirmation ultimately of our identity, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, the words of the enemy here are a, a, a temptation, an attack on Jesus's identity. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if this may be elementary for some of us, or maybe this is the first time you've heard it, but I think what's most important about the way that the devil speaks to, the way that Satan speaks to the Lord, is actually the first statement that he makes. He, he, he qualifies every temptation by asking, if you are the Son of God, mm-hmm. if you are the Son of God, then do this thing. In order to prove that you have value, in order to prove that you have dignity or, or, or worth, mm-hmm. in order to prove yourself, do this thing. Yeah. Right? Couldn't every temptation in our lives be boiled down to that statement? It's an identity challenge. Brad, in order mm-hmm. to prove that you have what it takes, mm-hmm. do this thing. Right. Yeah. Right? Complete these tasks. Mm-hmm. Aaron, in order mm-hmm. to prove that you're a good husband or a good dad, right. do these things. Mm-hmm. In order to prove that you have mm-hmm. what it takes to lead a, you know, mm-hmm. a, an apostolate, mm-hmm. you, you got to do this stuff and do it right. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's where the enemy attacks. It, it's, it's, it's beautiful, right? If, if you see that Scripture wasn't originally written in chapters. What's mm-hmm. the what's the verses that immediately precede this? Well, it's it's where the Father comes to the Lord Jesus and affirms his identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen to the verse immediately preceding this. A voice from heaven said, "This <laughs> is my Son, whom I love. With him I'm well pleased." Mm-hmm. This is the baptism of Jesus, right? It's immediately after the Father roots the Lord Jesus in his identity that the enemy begins to attack. That mm-hmm. the enemy can, begins to specifically pick at that that identity mm-hmm. so i think yeah. that goes right back to what brad started the show with of mm-hmm. exactly a, a, am i enough yeah you know like is 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 the father and the son is is jesus enough for us is my relationship with the father enough is is mm-hmm. me as his beloved son is that enough for mm-hmm. me yeah and i and that's what actually flows into the things we do in Lent. And I think that's what I was getting at with that idea of you are dust and unto dust you shall return. We're starting out with a marking that's that's not like it if we just read it out of context, it can sound like you are dirt and displeasing to God. <laughs> but like, but when we read it in context, it's like, no, like I have an intimate relationship with the Father who breathed his breath into me. Mm-hmm. And, my, and and I will re- return to that dust yeah. when whenever like whenever elevated back to him, like it actually is the culmination. Mm-hmm. Like, like he, he breathed that breath into me, but eventually I'm going to be so caught up in that breath that the rest falls away. Like, I, I think that when we understand our identity, we don't go into Lent saying, I need to get a really good score on Lent. Like mm-hmm. I need a really good record over the course of Lent. Like if I can come out of Lent undefeated, then I'll get into the title fight or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Use whatever analogy you want. I think we can actually then go into Lent and say, okay, Lord, like, I, I hear everything you're yeah. saying about me, and I want to return by saying things that are true about you. And so I'm going to give up these things that hold me back from the truths of yep. you, so that I can give you a greater yes, so I yeah, can understand you beautiful. differently. Yeah, these are the things that are that are leading me to believe that I am self sufficient. Yes, right, right. That my identity can right. be can be yeah. uh, summed up by the stuff yep. that I do. Yep, exactly. Well, exactly. I think I think we can like is the desert a blessing or a curse, right? And is the like the mm-hmm. when we mm-hmm. think about so our end goal is consolation and comfort. Like heaven is divine consolation and divine comfort, right? And so sure? like, <laughs> like like every tear is wiped in heaven, right? And so um so the end is consolation, but sometimes we find our and I love like 
Um, Ignatius of Loyola talks about these different layers of constellation, if you will, of, yeah. of like mm-hmm. there's there's physical constellation and physical desolation, uh, where like mm-hmm. I'm really really hot right now, so that's physical desolation, right? Um, or I'm sitting next to a fireplace, that's physical constellation, right? Or there's there's mm-hmm. psychological mm-hmm. constellation desolation, where like mm-hmm. I'm like I'm uh, I'm having a, a hard time with this friendship right now, and it's causing me a lot of distress. That's psychological desolation, right? Mm-hmm. Versus mm-hmm psychological constellation like my marriage is awesome right now mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. uh or and then there's spiritual constellation desolation where the, the lord has left me i feel like the lord has left me and his presence is is no longer there or i feel close and intimate to the lord and i think sometimes when when we live in a uh and when we're in a time of mm-hmm. constellation mm-hmm. whether it's spiritual or psychological or physical it's actually good yeah. to place ourselves intentionally to say i'm going to place myself in a in a, a spot of desolation mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. remind myself uh, uh and to stir up that hunger so that i don't become lukewarm and complacent and constant mm-hmm. and that's really what lynn is doing it's saying i freely choose to place yeah. myself in the desert like mm-hmm. like jesus did he went into the desert so that I can remind myself of the hunger for God yeah. and that I'm that in the desert we we just start we we get hungry like man lord I want more of you I want more like I desire mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and when I'm there when I'm hungry for God the desert what it does is it, it reminds me it points me to heaven like yeah. in the 40 years the Israelites were in the the desert wandering what like when their hearts were in the right place mm-hmm. what was mm-hmm. what were they longing for they were longing for the promised yeah. land and so Lent yeah. should be the season where I freely rem- like put move myself into a spot of physical desolation right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that I can have this hunger for the promise of God again the <laughs> promise of heaven and and like when my mindset is heaven bound heaven bound heaven bound or when my mindset is no matter what desert I'm in God has mm-hmm. a promise for me then I condition myself that when I have a desert like with a relationship and my friend mm-hmm. and I are having mm-hmm. a hard time mm-hmm. or my spouse and I are having a hard time I can point to the fact that immediately well I know God is a God who fulfills his promise yeah. and he leads mm-hmm. his people from the desert into the promised land. So even in those desert moments, I've conditioned my mind and my heart to be ready to look towards the promise. I don't focus on the problem. Mm-hmm. I focus on the promise. And it, it's a spiritual reality where it, mm-hmm. it, it strengthens the heart and the soul to constantly look for what is God going to bring me and what is he bringing me out of and into, mm-hmm. which is really refreshing. Yeah. And I was looking into those That's words actually. Thing. So like consolation, desolation, um, Consolation actually means with soothing, right? So like like with soothing desolation. Well, I just, looking I just saw like a baby nursing <laughs> in her mother's Yeah, bosom. no, it's so it's beautiful. So like <laughs> so with, with soothing is... and then desolations without soothing. Now the the question has to become then, why would the Lord let us go without soothing? Well, because the Lord wants to show us that actually he in and of himself is the ultimate soothing. So you're proving this point. I want to lay it out like this. Like if heaven's our destination, if heaven is the goal, if heaven's the aim, like then it it would be of a good mm. father to show me when I'm trying to make heaven out of something it's not. Right, it would be of a good father to yeah. say, "I don't want to soothe you fully right now because there's this aspect of your life that you're giving heavenly attributes." 
that isn't heavenly mm. because I don't want you to get soothed by these temporal things. I want you to be soothed by eternal things. Yeah. And so I think sometimes we see desolation as like, God's really going to put me to an amazing test right now. And the reason he's going to do that is because I need to prove to him that I'm faithful. You know that, And it's, it's, it's not that though, right? That's wild. Like I, I even think like, so we can, oh, how do you say this? In the American Catholic context, we can trick ourselves that a, um, a suburban life it, mm-hmm. it, with my kids uh, who are all doing, like, they're safe and sound and my, my marriage is safe and sound, that that suburban life is the fulfillment of mm-hmm. Christianity, mm-hmm. right? And it's mm-hmm. it's not. Mm-hmm. And, like, that the even, like, that can become a false idol mm-hmm. that I'm working just really hard to get my, like, I'm just living for me and my own as opposed mm-hmm. to this longing for the promise of heaven. Mm-hmm. And, and those things are heavenly, right? Mm-hmm. Healthy, safe relationships are heavenly, yeah. Um, yeah. but they're not the end of themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that can become a temptation. Yeah, and Aaron, I know you like C.S. Lewis. When you're saying that, like, I think that what you just laid out, isn't it so funny that it can mm-hmm. look like it's heavenly, but C.S. Lewis would say it's the antithesis. Like, C.S. Lewis practically builds out the life you just said in The Great Divorce, like that's literally that's literally what he does. Go into that self. more because I, I, so, I like, I'm so not So C.S. Lewis, he like the great divorce, right? Like when man divorces himself from God. Yeah. That we begin building heaven, and mm. it's it's like a tower of Babel reality. Like I'm going to build a life that looks like all of those attributes you just gave. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, it's a false sense of security. It's yeah. a false sense of safety. It's a false sense because I'm actually more safe when under the Lord and in the face of danger than I am absent danger without the Lord. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, like in, in, in this great divorce reality, like again, if you, if anyone's listening, like there's an amazing audio book of this on YouTube and you can just listen to it on your car rides. But CS Lewis just sets up this reality of what the world looks like absent God. And what it begins looking like sometimes is us building. Cause, cause we know that we're made for eternal soothing. Yeah. We know we are. And so we begin saying, I'm going to make the temporal as soothing as possible because that'll take the place of eternal soothing. Well, no, it, it, it no, it won't. And, and Lent is the, the intentional time every year in the church calendar we do this, but this has to be our spiritual practice that yeah. when my life is filled with consolation, I actually freely choose to fast or enter into desolation so that my soul is starts to cling once again mm-hmm. to God, to, to right? Re- to remind myself of what I'm made for. Exactly. And it's, it's beautiful to even to see, you know, Let's, let's quote Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. That that where he goes is not, um, you know, uh, the tempter says to him, you, "If you're the son of man, tell these stones to become bread." Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't he doesn't give a, a a teaching on why it's good to be hungry or why it's good to go on a diet, right? Mm-hmm. But he he affirms he affirms man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Mm-hmm. You know that that right, I need right. I need to come to a place where I can actually profess that reality with my life. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not there, then I need to put myself in a position where I need to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Because because short of like short of being in that place, what's the alternative? Uh that I that I live on bread. Mm-hmm. That I live on that yeah. I live on affirmation. Mm-hmm. That I live from a place of self-reliance and self-sustenance. Mm-hmm. Um we we need to we need to intentionally position myself. I need to intentionally position myself in a place where I know that I can't do this apart from God. Yeah. Yeah. I'm playing with this thought, but what, like, because I, as I, as, 
as we talk about this, I think this goes against so many of the presuppositions I had before the last like five years, you know, but I, not in the sense that like, I always knew Lent was like a time of challenge and a time of challenge on purpose. But I think it's, it's just the lens, right? Like what I was saying earlier with the insufficiencies piece, am I saying that I'm all sufficient? Oh, of course not. It's just when I focus on the insufficiencies, I'm actually not focusing on God. I'm focusing on me, right? Like what would it look like if I sat in sackcloth and ashes with an authentic love of God instead of an authentic deprivation of self. Like that, I just, I think that the lens just gets off. Like if I go into Lent saying, I'm gonna correct all my insufficiencies, yeah. that is a me-focused lens. Yeah. It just is. But if I go into Lent saying, God, you are all good and you're all I need, that's a different lens. You can still have the same actions, mm-hmm. but we've talked about this in other contexts, but the same actions with a different lens really, really, yeah. really matters. Especially if we're gonna run the race well and we're gonna run as to win and we're gonna present a mission worth attending to in the world. Well, because it, you actually, I love that, Brad, because you run the danger of just placing the law upon yourself and thinking that you earn salvation. So as long as I'm good enough, and as long mm-hmm, as I do these mm-hmm. spiritual practices well enough, and as long as I am able to, to have enough willpower to overcome these things, mm-hmm. then... I will be acceptable to God. Yeah. And that's not, it's not, that's not the goal. <laughs> that's it's not actually the I mean, opposite. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's actually my acceptability yeah. that leads me into those Yeah, This things. is the season where I will earn my salvation, right? Like <laughs> yes. that's not like, but it's so, there's such a temptation, especially yeah. when we think about repentance. It, there's such a, I loved a few weeks ago, uh, the Sunday readings, my, my, my uh, I was so rocked because so often w- we preach on repentance and it was beautiful in the readings. You, you saw there was first the encounter with God, mm-hmm. and then the people repented. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times in our lens, we're like, we must repent, and so then we'll that, encounter So him. that we can earn yeah. the encounter. Yeah, and that's it's, good. It's that the more I love the Lord, the more I repent and I turn wow. into the Lord. And as opposed to, I'm going to repent and become good, and then I'm close to the yeah. Lord. No, no, I get mm. close to the Lord, and then everything that's not of the Lord just falls off yeah. of me. Yeah, and it's, it's, beca- it's because we, it's, man, that's really, really good. It's because we project the relationships that we believe we're supposed to have on earth with our relationship with God. Like, think about this. Like, I feel like I have to earn my friendship with Dan and earn my friendship with Aaron. And like, yeah, yeah, we're just with Dan. So I'll just use everyone. I'm kidding. But you you, didn't bring me coffee this morning. You're You're done. But you see what I mean? Like, what is the first thing I, well, I I can say this as as a a man. I'm sure women have this too, but it's at least um, stereotypically a a man's response sometimes, right? Like, um, I'll hurt, like, so I have a younger sister and now I'm married, right? And like, there's been times in my life where I'll hurt my wife or I'll hurt my younger sister because I'll say something out of turn or something to that effect. And what's the first thing I do? I start doing a bunch of things for them. I don't go to them and apologize. I start doing a bunch of things that should suggest my apology. (laughs) Yeah. But actually it's through that apology that actually their forgiveness would empower me to do those things out of love. Mm-hmm. It, it, it provides a different lens. Awesome. But I think that we are, instead of taking the relationship we have with God and bringing it into our human relationships, we're bringing our flawed perspective of human relationships yeah. and, and pushing them to how That's I beautiful. should relate to God. Okay, I want, to, I want to reframe this. This is, this is awesome, and I think it's from this context that I want to, that I want to jump into sort of our the, the promised second segment of the show. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, you've done Lent before, right? Um, everyone who's listened to the show has, has been through Lent a time or two. We've, we've probably had occasions where we've had a positive experience. We've probably had occasions where we'd say that was a 
you know, that was a wasted opportunity. You started on day 30. <laughs> <laughs> I got 10 days left. Oh, crap. That's usually, that's usually problematic. Yeah. Then I'll do yeah. more in those 10 days Let's to make honest. up for the it's 30. Ha- I'm kidding. Happened. No, no, no. We don't Let's have to. Let's be honest. So, if, so if you're catching today's show, uh, mid-Lent, that's okay. Yeah, for uh, sure. You can, you can start on day 30. You can re-up or, uh, or, or shoot yeah. for next year. Yeah. We're, we're, we're airing this, you know, we're airing this, this, this show prior to Lent so mm-hmm. that maybe we can give people an opportunity to mm-hmm. engage and, and, and consider what it is that I'm looking forward to this year, what it is I want to commit to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The church does offer kind of our three fundamental, um, Lenten themes of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if maybe in the context of what we've been speaking of, um, if we could bring bring new light to those three reflections. I, what I don't want to do today is give a, hey, do these five things and you'll right. have the best Lent, right? Mm-hmm. Because that would just be exactly <laughs> what we're talking about, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Regardless of how good the things are, you can't do mm-hmm. things in order to get there. Yeah. Right? Um, but, but you know, as it pertains to prayer and fasting and almsgiving, I'd love to just hear kind of the reflections of what you guys maybe have on, mm-hmm. w- what have you seen um, work in the past? In, in ways that you, you can intentionally uh, reassess your, your time of prayer with the Lord uh, to allow a season to be transformative. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You got immediate thoughts, Dan? Are you, are you suggesting prayer as the first foundation or just because where my mind is going is just overarching intentionality? Yeah. So, like, I, um, I was at a Lou Engle event one time who he's like a, a big speaker uh, around the world about like really prayer and fasting. Yeah. And he, he's, you, you want to get inspired? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you need some inspiration for prayer and fasting, listen to some Lou Engle and it, his, careful his, what you wish for. Yeah, <laughs> the whole idea of his ministry is that Joel two precedes acts two. that there was in Joel two, there's the rendering of the heart and mm-hmm. through prayer and fasting, this rendering of the heart, uh, that leads to acts two, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And um, the uh, he, he, he was advertising this Christian movement where they were going to have a 40-day global uh, prayer, uh, 40 days of global prayer and fasting. And I was blown away by this, like, oh my gosh, 40 days of global prayer and fasting. Mm-hmm. I go home, I'm like, mm-hmm. Amber, like, there's like, Christians all over the world that are gathering together for 40 days of prayer and fasting for the conversion of the world. And, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, this is just awesome. And she's like, Dan, that's called Lent, right? Yeah. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It actually like totally shifted Lent for me. Where like <laughs> that that like we actually it's a 40-day period uh, uh where the whole world gathers in in prayer and fasting and almsgiving for the conversion of the world. And so for mm-hmm. me, it was this the renewal of the mind uh, to shift the intentionality of Lent, that maybe That's Lent good. isn't just for me to get better, mm-hmm. right? Maybe mm-hmm. Lent isn't just about me sacrificing to to, to strengthen my discipline and my willpower. Mm-hmm. But maybe Lent is actually about my contribution to the salvation of the world, right. that just like Jesus suffered in order to redeem humanity, I get to enter into a 40-day period where I suffer in order to redeem humanity mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. Christ. And so yeah. how can my prayer be oriented towards global salvation? Yeah. How can my fasting be oriented towards global salvation? And how can my um, almsgiving be oriented towards global salvation, right? Yeah, and maybe so, the purpose of Lent isn't just 
isn't just encounter, but also mission. Well, yeah. Sh and shocking, right. Lent isn't about just you, well, right? Like, Chris, modern day, like, Christianity is all about me it's and actually Jesus. It's me you. and Jesus. Yeah. Like, it's how can I pour myself out in the season yeah. uh, in order to bring people with the Lord? And that's mm, the, that's the lens that. point, right? It's not primarily about me. It's, it's me secondarily, because when I make it about the Lord, he obviously pours out his blessings on me, but it's, it's about the Lord. And I think I can tie that into prayer. I think uh, like pretty well, cause I, I agree with what you're saying about like implementing things with a, with a broader vision, let's yep. say, right. With a missional heart. And I, I also think too, though, we have to reflect and be honest with ourselves on like, what does my prayer life look like? Mm -hmm. Like if you're not praying every day, you're not going to be going on to mission every day. Yeah. You're just not going to be. So I, I think like if I'm in a place like where I'm going into Lent saying like, I'm going to restart. And the reason I bring this up is it's part of my, my walk in that first um, Lent after like my big moment with the Lord where he just revealed himself to me in a new way. I just sat down every day and it changed my life. And now I'm not saying I just sat down and was stagnant and they checked a check box and said it was good. I contended with the Lord to ask him questions. And it was really cool because I'll just give what he asked me to give up that year. So I, I actually just hadn't been sitting with him every day. And I was like, I had a full schedule and he's like, I want you to give up every single other thing you do in your car rides besides me. Mm -hmm. And I was working at a law firm at the time and I was doing some broadcasting for the big 10 network. I was like, ever, I was just kind of everywhere. Yep. And I was like, okay, I'm going to tie these things together. And I, I think what I'm trying to say here is like, use that lens, but don't yeah. be afraid to be honest with yourself and give a humble beginning of like, okay, I actually have never engaged Lent ever. Okay, without give like maybe I've given up soda or chocolate. Like here, I guess hear what I'm saying, not what I'm not. But I I will make I, for 40 days. I'll sit with the Lord because when I sit with the Lord for 40 days, I'm gonna look more like Him, and then I am gonna go global with my with like with like I don't know my well, relationship with Him. And it's I mean the standard is you've already been praying as well, right? And so, yeah. but oh, in yeah, Lent sure. and in Lent it's an increase of prayer. Yeah, so and yeah. I think that's what's what's it's not just like so prayer fasting and almsgiving. It's not like, hey, this is a season we do those three things. It's the season that we increase those yeah, three things, yeah. right? And so it's the, how do I increase? And so if you do have an awesome prayer life, praise the Lord. So now ask the Lord, okay, what am I going to increase in my prayer life? Yeah. Not, and maybe it is not, maybe it is a spiritual discipline for yourself, but, or maybe what am I going to increase in my prayer life mm -hmm. for the sake of others? Yeah. And so I'm going to add a rosary to my prayer life during Lent mm. so that I can pray for the conversion yeah. of my family or so I can pray for the conversion of, uh, I, I mean, I, I love my, my, my dad, he, he's not like the most spiritual guy in the world. Um, but I yeah. was talking to him on Sunday and it was just so like, you could tell that his heart was broken mm -hmm. over the people in China, like the 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 way they live their life under like a a dictatorship and, and communism. And he was like, in in that longing in his heart, he there's there was this desire for them to have freedom, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. I think there's probably something in your hearts, listeners, that you you want like this is a season you get to go after those mm -hmm. things where you have brokenness, mm -hmm. just tackle them, like yeah. increase that prayer yeah. for those areas. Of brokenness, but I, I do. I want to challenge just briefly, though, because if I'm not currently praying as I should be, an yep. increase would be doing it. So what I guess. <laughs> yeah, so what, sure. I, what I'm saying for is, sure. I actually think that we oh, we speak over the heads of our Christian faithful a lot of times. Yeah. I think there's people that come into the pews and they're thinking to themselves, "I'm coming to mass on Sunday and I'm praying before meals, but my yeah. intimate relationship with the Lord, I don't, I don't have first principles for that." 
Yeah. Like I, I like, what, should I pray at our father every day? Well, I still don't feel like he's answering. Like, how do I, so I guess what I'm, I'm saying is I agree with you. Like mm. if you're listening today or if we're at this table and we're at a good place in our prayer life, let's add to it. Yeah. But if you go into like Lent saying, I haven't been praying, so I'm going to do a bunch, you're just going to continue not praying. Mm. Right. So if it's like, I actually have had the goal of sitting down with the Lord 30 minutes a day, I'm just giving an example, but I've only been getting about five minutes, half the days of the week. But when Lent starts, I'm going to pray three rosaries a day. I'm going to go on a, a, like a, a Stations of the Cross walk every yeah. Friday. It's like, okay, I hear that. That is awesome. Yeah. But why don't we start at the beginning of Lent actually doing what we signed up to do? <laughs> yeah. Like, let's, let's establish ourselves again. And so I don't know if it's as much a challenge. I think it's more just a, like, again, I, I think that we would just do ourselves well to be honest with ourselves and not think we have to be something we're not and perform yeah. something we can't in order to be holy. Yeah. Like it's actually like, okay, I'm getting five minutes a day with the Lord. I'm going to do 20 minutes a day with the mm -hmm. Lord. Okay. I'm praying half the days of the week. I'm going to pray every day of the week mm -hmm. because once I get that solid for 40 days, it'll carry into the rest of my year. And then yeah. next Lent, it's like, yep. now I'm going to add powerful intercession. I, I don't know. I just, I'm no, trying to stir Let me throw up. two two ways of maybe looking at this. So one, one of the uh, simple kind of teachings that we, that we offer here to our missionaries is that there's, you know, if, if you're, if you're a weight trainer, which I'm not, uh, you know, you've, you've got kind of two ways of looking at, at physical fitness. One is, one is through repetition training and the other one will be through resistance training. Hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, I think both are, both are critical yep, if we want to build ourselves in the spiritual life. Yeah. If, if you're just constantly going after, uh, setting a new high, you're going to find yourself in a place that's unhealthy. Mm -hmm. but both resistance and repetition That's are necessary. So if, if you're living in a place in your prayer life where you don't have the a, a routine mm -hmm. of intimacy with Jesus, this is a good opportunity to fix that, right? To enter into a, mm -hmm. to enter into a, a reality that I, I need 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes a day mm -hmm. to, to, to be in a reliable relationship with Jesus. If if you feel like you've got that, then put some resistance on. Then put some resistance on yeah, it, man. That, Let, let's let's see. You know, God, if 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 I step in in a meaningful way and I I double my prayer expectation in this season, like that that's very meaningful. Yeah. Um. And that's and, good. and and we could you know, you could surprise yourself at coming into a place where when when I challenge my assumptions, um, when I put myself in a place where I'm I, I have to rely on God in order to succeed in this. Mm. What what can happen? It's a good analogy. That's a Mr. really good Richards. analogy. Yeah, yeah. well, well no, done. That pieces it together too, because I do. I think that that's my my piece. Because I absolutely agree with Dan. I think that we, we just we fought on extremes as humans, don't we? Yeah. So it's like I'm either the type of human who gives myself permission to not not do as much as I could, or I'm the type of human who asks myself to do way more than I could. Like it just seems like the a lot of the people that I seem to walk with in the faith, they fought on one of those yeah. ends of like, I'm not doing as much as I could and I know it, or I'm doing way more than I should yeah. because I want to prove it. And, and it's like and both, both are usually gonna like, end in a place like, that's unhealthy. Let's let's get you here. And yeah. to Dan's point, let's get your perspective different where it's like I'm not. I'm not doing this just for me. Like I want to sit down with the Lord every day, so I look more like him. We got for just the a world. few more minutes. I want to. I want to read it in fasting too, because yeah. this. I mean, the same conversation we need to have there. Yeah. Right. That that. Uh, how many of us exist in in our lives right now in a place where um, I I am truly not free? Like that that my that my food that my appetites, whether it be for food or for entertainment or whatever or comfort, that those actually are my strength. Right. Mm -hmm. That those are the things that I rely on. So I think, I think too, in fasting, we need to be really intentional about 
um, entering into a place where we can be, mm-hmm. where we can become reliant on the Lord. And part of that takes like actually intentionally choosing to, uh, to, to mortify my flesh mm-hmm. and to mortify my passions in order that I might remind myself who is at the center of my life. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To deny your will, right? Like I, I think that that's been one of the most powerful understandings of fasting that I've ever had that I, I don't deny my will to build up my willpower. I deny my will so that when my will goes against me, I know how to say no to it. So when I have a desire for like whatever it might be yeah. to, to depart from the Lord, um, I can stay rooted to him, which in fact allows me to stay on mission. It allows me to do all of those things. So yeah. I don't know that that's been huge for me not to see. I think Dan, you hit that so well earlier. Like I'm not just denying my will because then I all of a sudden build this immaculate virtue of overcoming all temptation, but mm-hmm. I'm actually doing that. Sure. That's involved in it so that I can actually be a witness of yeah. the Lord in the world. Yeah, I mean, I'm uh, just going back to that perspective shift. I, I I struggle with fasting if I don't have an intention, and so if the intention is just <laughs> fasting, it's really hard. But like if yeah, I really if I word. say the reason I'm fasting is for this, yeah. then I I care like if it's for the like the purity of my children, I care more about their purity than yeah. I do about this candy bar, right? But the yeah. or whatever. But be but when but if it's just like. I'm I'm doing this so that I can have willpower. Well, I can have willpower next year, you know. Like I can I I've got time, you know. And so like mm-hmm. that. But when there's an intention, it's like, oh man, this is why I'm mm-hmm. I'm doing this. And so whatever, yeah, whatever fasting you're doing, make sure you do it for a reason. No yeah. sacrifice should go un uh, uh, without an intention. And so just make sure it's there's some yeah. kind of a prayer attached to that because yeah. it's prayer and fasting. They don't have to be two separate objects. They're the same object. Like they have the same end. And so mm-hmm. when I fast, mm-hmm. if I'm fasting with the right intention, I'm every time I get hungry or every time I remember the, mm-hmm. the pebble in my shoe or whatever my fast is, I remember the prayer mm-hmm. intention and yeah. then I pray. Yeah, intimacy with God and impact for the world, right? Wanna, like those two, those yeah. two pieces. I want to witness to the just a, a little testimony on the impact of fasting. So I, you guys have been in places where, where you've been just charged with like a spiritual um, jealousy. <laughs> Frequently. Uh, I, so I was at a I was at a Lou Engel conference. Oh great! Um, yeah, and and way to go, Lou. Lou is Lou is awesome, and uh, we were, we were kicking off. So he will he will inspire you mm-hmm. to fast in a way that will that will hurt you. Um, uh, it will, Shoot! Now do we have to have a disclaimer on this like podcast? No, like what I mean, what I mean is it, what I mean you. it was is it it will uh, it'll it'll break you of your reliance on things that you didn't know you had. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, he we we started the conference and uh he i i always like when a speaker's presenting especially to a small group and there was a small group i'm like i want i want to have eye contact with you like i want to engage with you because mm-hmm. i i really want to receive what it is that you have to to offer in this moment mm-hmm. and um he was looking around the looking around the the audience and there was a a girl one of our missionaries who was like seated right adjacent to me mm-hmm. and he looked right at her and he said i can tell that you have a love for fasting. And she would like tears were welling up in her eyes and she was nodding in affirmation. <laughs> and I was so cut to the heart. And I was like, I don't think I have a love for fasting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Like I am so hungry for that. That's mm-hmm. why Lou uh, didn't say it to you. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, yeah. it just, it really convicted me. I was like, oh my gosh. Like I, it was God speaking in that moment saying yeah. like, you need to love this mm. yeah. if it's going to be a part of your life and yep. it's going to make an impact. Yep. 
and I can, I can witness the, so it was like, it was a, a change that happened, a shift that happened that mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. And, and what did it take? It, it took me investing in some sweet fasting, right? Entering yeah. into my first real extended fast um, of mm-hmm. more than, you know, a couple, couple days or a couple hours mm-hmm. and pushed me beyond my expectation of what I thought was possible and led me into an amazing place mm-hmm. of intimacy where Dan, like you were saying, um, you know, fasting with intention, fasting with measured and prudent intensity, right? Uh, un, under, under spiritual direction or, or, or trusted, you know, uh, the trusted direction of an advisor, um, mm-hmm can put you into a place where all of a sudden those things that seemed impossible become sweet, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That it used to be when, when, when I would speak about fasting or when it would come time for Lent, I would, I would immediately start jumping to conclusions of, okay, how can I get through this in the most efficient way possible with, well, while minimizing the damage to myself, mm-hmm. right? Now, when I think about fasting or when somebody invites me into something that, that's that, like those periods of intensity, mm-hmm. uh, or even in the place, like when I think about the hunger that comes from fasting, it's like it's accompanied in my in my heart mm-hmm. by by a sweetness and a fullness Amen. of knowing that Jesus, we can do this in partnership. Yeah, and I just want to witness that that's possible for you. Yeah, Amen to that. Like when when you hear the word fasting, what comes to mind? Is it mm-hmm. uh, or is it love? And, yeah. and if it's that's not, so then good. Lord, just come and give a renewal yeah. of the mind, so that when we hear that, yeah. our soul. E- is eager for it. Yeah, and our intentions change that. I think that's mm-hmm. what you're speaking to so well, Dan, is when I actually have something that my yeah. heart burns for, the Lord or for my family or for this nation or for this yeah. people group or whatever. Yeah. It's like that brings that heart of love because I immediately, the moment I feel that hunger, I, yeah. that's who I remember. That's that's, yeah. that's that's who comes to mind. Yeah, so do it. Uh, the only way to get better at fasting is by fasting. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the, you know, oftentimes we, we try to take the easy way out. It's our human nature. And as the church makes like exceptions to allow us to live a healthy lifestyle, you know, hey, uh, abstaining from meat on Fridays, it used to be meaningful to our culture. Now it's not so much. So yeah. great. Toss it out. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, that, can't, that, can't be our, that can't be our conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You are capable of, of fasting in a way that's meaningful and that can change your life and orient you toward intimacy with God and mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, challenge yourself and ask yourself, how can I do this more effectively? Um, a 24-hour, a, a, a two, a three-day fast on on water is is possible for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes, the reason it seems impossible is because as a society, we live in a in a in a state of addiction to sugar, right? <laughs> so so our first 24 hours are sugar withdrawal, like we're withdrawing from a drug. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's possible to live a healthy lifestyle that can make mm-hmm. fasting meaningful for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here's, here's some hope. Uh, if if you like most Americans exist in a place, this is this is Aaron's uh, this is a note note of encouragement from Aaron. Counsel, not prophetic word. Um, <laughs> if you exist in a place of of sugar addiction, uh, it will take at least twenty four hours, probably forty eight, before you can actually break from the place of withdrawal to begin to appreciate the benefit of fasting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's scary. Most people break before they get there. Mm-hmm. All right. All hey, right. Here's, Thanks. Here's my invitation. <laughs> that sounds exciting. Hey, Brad, should we go grab a candy bar? <laughs> okay. Speaking of sugar, well, right? no, this, this is drive home with me. Our, our show today is a perfect testament to this. Oftentimes we forget about almsgiving because we save it for last. Yeah. Um, I, I want to summarize almsgiving in this. Intentionally tackle your attachments by intentionally giving them away. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Almsgiving is critical for us because we exist in a place of perpetual attachment, right? Mm-hmm. If generosity is hard for you, practice it. Yep. 
and Lent is a beautiful time to intentionally practice that for the sake of mission. Uh, do you, uh, let's, any like 30 second reflection on, on almsgiving? Well, I think I would just ask why it's almsgiving. So this is actually addition to our tithe and for the sake of the poor. And so I think why, why are we giving alms to the poor? And why is there a season of the church where the Lord says, I want you to have personal poverty through prayer and fasting, and I want you to care for the poor. Just the that fundamental root of this is critical for our relationship with God. Yeah, I would just speak uh, just on principle that yeah. like if you don't give, you're dead. So like the reason the dead, <laughs> the reason the dead sees the dead sea is it gives nothing away and it takes everything in. Mm-hmm. The reason a river brings life is because it gives the water to the land around it. So the idea in our lives that we want to be a life source for the world cannot happen without me giving of the things that I am naturally um, tending towards. Yeah. withholding for myself. Mm-hmm. That's good. I would invite us back to, again, um, stability and seasons, right? That we need repetition in our giving and we need resistance in our giving. Mm-hmm. So if if you're in a place where you're not giving frequently or you're not giving with regularity, like that needs to be established in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the beautiful one of the beautiful ideas of tithing, right, is that you, you just always give 10% because it belongs to God. And, and once you establish, and, and mm-hmm. I can witness to that, and I know you guys, mm-hmm. we've, we've shared this in the past, right? Once you establish yourself in that place, automatically you're starting from a baseline mm-hmm. of like justice and generosity. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And, and, then, and then you have permission to actually take the next step. Yeah, I just have one more line on that. I, one of the most powerful retreats I ever went on, a, a man said one line, I forget most of his talk, but there was a line that stuck with yeah. me. He said that we're not called to give merely from our surplus, but from our sustenance. Yeah, And that that just has rocked me my whole life that like, for the vast majority of people, I think we give from our surplus. It's like, I don't need that anyway, so I'll give it away. But when you give from your sustenance, when you give from something that's like, man, I... I kind of would have liked to have that. There's an entirely different grace that comes from that kind of generosity. Look at Jesus. He didn't give from his surplus. He gave from the very sustenance of his life. So that's just a... And I mean, Lent's about lifestyle change. And so maybe that is like, is your sustenance too much? You know, like Mm -hmm. the gospel demands us to ask that. Like, am I living in a life where I've actually bought into the American dream and I'm living Hmm. to sustain myself costs so much money and, and they're starving to death over here, right? Mm. And so how can I reevaluate even my priorities mm, so in prayer that maybe my sustenance should go down a little bit? Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Hopefully that got you thinking today, friends. Mm. Um, I, I want to wrap up the show, and I, I'd like to do it in, in prayer. Um, we love you. Uh, we're so blessed to be able to share this time with you, and I, I want to pray for you. Uh, we've, mm. we've tossed out some ideas kind of scattershot today. But I'm hoping that your heart has been convicted. We're speaking to a wide audience, and Lent cannot be a one-size-fits-all solution. Mm-hmm. So if, if you may need reminded uh, and, and ask yourself, okay, I heard all that. Now I need to allow the Lord to convict me. Just rewind the show about 15 minutes mm-hmm. and, uh, and hear it again. But um, I, I want to intercede particularly for, for this community in the name of the Father the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Jesus, uh, we're so blessed by by the fact that you desire intimacy with us. God, our identity comes from you. God, our provision comes from you. Um, God, our strength comes from you. You say that man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. Uh, Jesus, reestablish yourself for us, for this community, as our source, as our strength, as our life. God, I pray for everyone for whom Prayer 
and fasting and almsgiving seem intimidating. Mm. That's a that's a great sign for us that that there's something that's still resistant, that there's still some barrier to to grace, that there's still some barrier to life with you. And I pray in Jesus' name, God, that right now you'd send your Holy Spirit to break down those walls. Whatever in our life exists in a place where it would uh, that it would pose resistance to to prayer or whatever exists in my life that when when fasting is mentioned that I I tend to cringe or or when almsgiving is mentioned that I tend to pull back God break that in us break that in us and 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 reveal to us habits and 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 call and uh and got a new, a new lifestyle that you can desire to build in us the lifestyle of saintliness Jesus uh, we, we pray that you, we would we would not escape this Lenten season apart from being drawn deeper into intimacy with you. Mm-hmm. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, friends, Beyond Damascus is the show where encounter meets mission. How is this Lenten conversation different from every other one? Well, I, I want to root it in the fact that in order to be on mission, you have to see those moments of encounter having purpose, right? Mm-hmm. That your prayer, your fasting, uh, your almsgiving those are the mission that you're called to live for the sake of the church. If you've enjoyed today's show, uh, check it out on the podcast, like, subscribe. Uh, I'm, I'm serious. This stuff's, this stuff's good and it's good when it's consistent. <laughs> um, if, if you, if you like and subscribe, it'll be, it'll be kept in your, in your inbox or kept on your notifications to remind you of, of, uh, of the show to remind you of what's, of what's, what, what's going on, of what good content's out there. Um, Feel free to please share today's show with somebody you love so that they can be invited onto mission with you and with us. And once again, a shout out and a, and a thanksgiving for uh, our partners at St. Gabriel. God bless. Have a great week. Bye.